Welcome back to Martins and More. My name is Maury Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about. How you doing today, Spoon? I'm doing great. Any day we get to talk about cool guitar stuff is a good day. Well, we have so many things we could actually discuss on this podcast. Why don't you take your pick? Ah, well, thank you. In that case, I will pick picks, guitar picks, a often overlooked accessory um, that some people don't pay much attention to at all, but other people absolutely obsess over because of all of the different varieties of guitar picks out there. Well, how are we going to fill a whole episode about this? Aren't all picks the same? Well, nope. I know there's people who have that opinion and uh, can take or leave the different ones. And I think just like guitar strings, some people find what works for them and stick with it literally forever. And other people like to try different ones and particularly when like new products come out or at least new products for their experience and try different ones. Some people will adopt a pick or a certain kind of pick for it for some time and then change to something else. And it's just one more, uh, some people might say geeky uh, thing about acoustic guitars and electric guitars that can be fun to explore. I, I agree with you. The, the topic of guitar picks sometimes feels overlooked and it's almost to the point where we just had a customer buy a D28 Modern Deluxe from us a couple of days ago. And in his email, he said, I just put the order through online. Please let me know if you have any questions. And can you throw in a pick? And I thought, well, that's, it sounds like it's a beginner. And, you know, hats off to you if you're a beginning guitar player and you bought yourself a D28 Modern Deluxe. That's amazing. I won't even bore you with what I started learning how to play guitar on. It was not a D28 of any kind. But throw in a pick. That leads me to think he just expects a pick is a pick. But before we talk about too many details, do you know any history about guitar picks? I do. And I'd like to say congratulations to the new owner of a D28 Modern Deluxe. And while I can understand why you would, might think he thinks a pick is a pick, I don't know. Maybe he trusts your judgment, as I certainly would. And maybe he collects picks of different kinds. But but uh, as some people do. So I think it's fascinating that uh, he asked to get a, a pick thrown in and hopefully you didn't just like throw it in the sound hole <laughs> or throw it in the case where it's gonna bunk, go bouncing around and you know, but anyway. Um, I'll be right back, I have to open that box. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, uh, what we call the guitar pick today has a, a surprisingly ancient history um, it goes back. It goes back millennia. The uh, plecton, um, plecton, maybe it was, is a uh, a Greek word that actually means anything that you would uh, strike something with. So it could be anything from from the a spearhead would be a type of uh, plectron. But the uh, the plectrons that were used to play musical instruments that be applied. Uh, you hold them in your hand and would apply them to playing uh, a stringed instrument. Uh, it probably goes back to ancient Egypt, and they certainly have uh, pottery from the uh, ancient Greek city-states showing people using plectrons. And the lyre came with a, a plectron that was a, it's like a, I think it's like a stick 
with something attached to the end of it that's then tied to the lyre. So it hangs on the lyre and you just pick it up and, and use it. Uh, but anyway, plictra have been used on all kinds of musical instruments. There are plictra from uh, ancient India that we know of that were made from coconut shells. And also back then, they didn't all look like what we would think of a, a guitar pick today. And those of you, of course, in Europe uh, call them plectrums now. And that's uh, basically the Latin version of plectra. But the uh, plectrum, I always thought it was interesting that Americans call them guitar picks because I grew up calling them picks because that's what everybody called them. But you're not really picking anything. I think of picking uh, just like the word pluck when we play fingerstyle guitar. We're not really plucking the strings because you're not pinching an individual string and pulling it out and letting it go, like plucking a, you know, a, out of a chicken, um, but, um, or even out of your feathered pillow when you get a down pillow and the feathers stick through and you pinch that thing and then pluck it out. But we use those terms and I've always been a little curious of where those terms came from. So we have the uh, modern day guitar pick previously uh, they used all kinds of materials, you know, long before the guitar became what it is today. People were using uh, picks or plectrums uh, to play the mandolin and the mandolin family, um, the oud or however that O-U-D, Turkish instrument, uh, or the saz, I guess, is the Turkish instrument. All of those things use plectrum. The lute uh, uses a kind of uh, quill, and it was literally a quill. So maybe because you're plucking quills out of some dead bird and forming them into the uh, plectra, plectra, maybe that's where the word uh, pluck came from in terms of using a quill to play a lute, which is a very different kind of technique. If you ever watch professional uh, lutists, how they uh, play their instrument, it's quite different than what a, a, a guitar player does when they're playing a guitar a string. But so yeah, ancient history. Um, I always thought it uh, quite fascinating that, that there's all different kinds. They've been made out of all sorts of materials. And so there's, I have two trivia questions that will eventually come out uh, for today. So the nice. first one is, when was the modern plastic guitar pick introduced into circulation? In what year? So people can guess at that if they don't already know. And what material was uh, most popular prior to that for acoustic guitar picks? And that's a trick question because the answer that everybody's gonna come up with is actually a misnomer. So if people actually know where the real uh, material came from, um, that will be bonus points to them. I like it. Season two and the questions are trick. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm the tricky questioner. So, um, so guitar picks, so modern guitar picks. Uh, today, there's so many varieties. Most of them um, are that teardrop shape that they, I think that's what it's called. Um, that's, you know, certainly what I tend to use, though I've tried many different ones. Some people like the larger triangle ones. Um, some people like much smaller little teardrop ones. Um, there's, uh, you know, plenty of brands out there. And I know uh, some people really love their guitar picks, um, whether they use multiple ones 
or stick with the exact same one for every guitar, electric and acoustic and so forth. So uh, a lot of personal preference involved, just like guitar strings. So we, uh, for those of us uh, who are into this stuff and love to learn about what people like and why, I, uh, I know I'm not the only one looking forward to reading comments for those of you who are listening to this podcast via YouTube and can actually leave comments. We'd love to hear your questions and also hear your comments about uh, various guitar picks and your personal reviews, preferences, dislikes, and so forth. Well, speaking of ancient history, what was the first guitar pick you ever used? Okay, well, that's a fascinating question because I'm not sure I remember because we're going back to uh, a previous century. Um, and But honestly, the first guitar picks I remember were Fender brand, and it was the Fender brand with the uh, the brown and black sort of you know coloring that you could see through a little bit during the in the you know the light, and it was a very very super thin, a very uh, bendable and flappy, and um, and that just happened to be with the guitar that I first started playing which was actually ended up in the house because my brother won it shooting pool when he was away uh, at college. And he was quite the pool shark, followed in his grandfather's footsteps in that regard. And he actually, you know, it was to cover a debt of uh, a pool game. And he brought it home and it was just sitting up in his room that uh, was soon to become my room. And I picked it up and my Aunt Sandra gave me the old Whitmark uh, Bob Dylan songbook, and off I went with the, uh, the, the pick that came with the guitar. Somebody had thrown it in the case, and uh, it was a very thin Fender brand plastic teardrop pick. So back at you. What was the first pick that you remember using? Ah, turnabout is fair game. And the reason I'm asking this question, and I'm happy to answer it, um, well, I'll get into that in a second, but my first pick, very similar. It, it was whatever came with the guitar. It was also extremely thin. I bet you if I go back now, it was probably a 0.45 or a 0.50. And I just got used to thinking the guitar that I played had terrible action and the pick that I played was very, very floppy. And I got used to thinking that when you play guitar, You've got to grip the guitar very, very, very hard, the death grip on the frets, <laughs> and you also have to grip the pick very, very tight and don't have any kind of fluidity in your wrist, and that's how you play acoustic guitar. And much like me teaching myself how to play golf and learning an awfully terrible golf swing that I cannot break out of a bad habit now, <laughs> I spent many formative years playing guitar really too tight. I developed really bad habits over, I'm talking over decades. I, I started playing when I was 13, 14. And I must, until I was in my mid twenties, I, I still didn't realize I was doing anything unorthodox. I thought that's how you do it. So you can picture this muscle memory you're developing by just gripping and gripping and gripping. And now, I mean, you know, long since I figured out what to do and what to change, I really wish I hadn't become accustomed to holding on so tight. And a lot of it has to do with that pick. And that's my ulterior motive. I asked you about that and I wanna bring this up on the microphone so listeners that are just starting out, maybe you've only been playing guitar a short time. If you haven't given consideration to what kind of pick you play, really all I mean is the thickness of it, please consider starting with a medium. Don't go so heavy and don't go too thin. 
I think that players who begin learning how to play guitar that use a medium pick and the grip and the technique that comes along with that, you have to hold the pick a certain way when it's that heavy to make anything work that's not going to feel too rigid or hit the strings too hard or drop the pick. You can then go and experiment with lighter picks and heavier picks, and it's not going to be that much of a difference. I'm so sorry I spent so many years gripping a thin pick because the pick does all the bending, and you don't need any technique, and I've I lost at least 10 years of technique doing that. Fascinating, as Mr. Spock would say. I have to say, I think Mario's really hit on something important here because I can say basically the same thing. I started playing about the same age. I had a very thin pick. I used extremely light, what they called ultra light strings or extra light strings, I guess, and, and pounded away as I see lots of other people doing. And it didn't even occur to me until this very podcast that maybe most of us who started out with that all big up and down strum with no nuance, no you know bass notes, uh, accents, any of that kind of stuff, um, may have all been in the same boat with a very easy to use, so we thought, um, very thin pick. It's fascinating too because uh, like bluegrass players are famous for playing very very thick picks. Uh, the, and the, you know, fast, uh, those super fast nuance uh, players, which seemed counterintuitive to people who played with lighter picks. Of how is that possible when they pick up one of these, you know, v over uh, one millimeter picks and even up into two millimeter picks? And it's like, how on earth do they do this? And I used to shy away from thick picks, and then I kind of shifted and got into playing thicker picks. And for a long time, um, I tend to play 0.88 nylon picks. And uh, and I went up over the years. I, for many, many years, I paid 0.73s. And we're talking about Jim Dun Dunlap's. And I would sit there in guitar stores. I'd go to Matt Humanoff's or wherever they, the kind of stores that just had like a fishbowl full of picks. And I would sit there and I would flex picks, plastic picks particularly, for a very long time to pick out the picks that I wanted that had a certain kind of give that I would call, you know, was a solid medium, but then it got a little heavier and then it got a little heavier. And then, uh, and then when I started playing for Paul Yukina, the retired Broadway actor and his trio for uh, several years, he gifted me and, and Frank uh, Krupp, the other, his other side man, with a pick from the uh, Blue Chip Company, um, which we'll talk about later on, the, those kind of new scientifically, you know, molecularly designed materials that we'll get into in a little bit. And both of us chose the thinnest pick they would make, <laughs> which is still pretty thick. But uh, for me, it was worth it with the tone. So we'll get into tone in a little bit too, about picks and tone. It was, uh, and, I, and you talk about muscle memory, I got used to it and got to the point where there was lots of things, trills, and where you would go up and down really, you know, really fast, like you, you know, like mandolin players do. Um, used to be impossible for me with a th with a heavier pick, and I got used to it, and my muscle memory began to, you know, master that. And you know, but by and large, I nowadays I go back to my old standby, which is a, which is a point eight eight. But just like the old days when I would flex them, you know, in the store and try to pick out individual picks, um, no two picks are exactly alike. So you can buy a pack of Jim Dunlap's and 
there's always going to be one or two that are a little more flexible than the others, a little stiffer than the others, even though they're officially the same uh, thickness. And for, you know, geeky people like me that like to zero in on things, I actually like that aspect of it, of, of you find a certain pick that's like, you know, this is a keeper, this is one, I don't want to don't want to lose this one. So that's what I've been playing recently. Maury, what do you play these days? Well, it's funny. Uh, you talked about finding your favorite pick, and I, I always tell people the best way to make sure you don't lose your pick, spend 30 or 40 bucks for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like you. I, I followed a similar path, and over the years, I really got frustrated having to need to play a thin pick because a lot of my friends and a lot of my peers were looking into things like blue chip, and other manufacturers that were doing boutique picks and everything, all those choices were so thick. Most of them start at 1.0, and that feels like I'm, I'm picking the guitar with a brick. I, I really had a hard time getting past, I, to get from 45 or 50 to 0.73 was a chore for me. And a few years ago, I tried to really make an honest effort to play 0.88s from Dunlop, especially in our videos. And as if, you know, you're probably the one person that knows better than anyone uh, I'm sitting in the studio that you normally sit in when you're doing videos for us, but all of my demo videos going back at least seven or eight years have the same green Dunlop pick because I want to make sure that that's a constant and it's not variable. Part of this program is going to be to drive the point home that if you play a thin pick versus a medium versus a thick, even if, if they're all in the same brand, that's going to severely influence the attack and the overall sound of the video. And I could accidentally play a D28 with a thin pick and a D35 with a thick pick. And that would be part of the reason those videos sound different. So professionally, what I'm doing on camera, the pick that I choose is the Dunlop 0.88. I've got a three-part answer. Part two, the pick that I like to play when I'm recording or playing my guitars at home is the Charmed Life. And you made a joke about... Uh, you and Frank picked the thinnest blue chip pick they made because you're used to playing something thinner. CharmedLifePicks.com, a friend of ours over on the Acoustic Guitar Forum, Scott Memmer, shout out to Scott. He developed an idea where it's a lot of the similarities to the blue chip picks, but he makes them much thinner. So I got some Charmed Life versions of a blue chip that were triangle and they were 0.75 and I fell in love with them immediately. I've got three of them. I haven't lost any of them over two years. I eventually stepped up to a 0.9, I think, for a couple of picks, and I haven't used them as much, but they're my very favorite pick when I want to hear what my guitar sounds like for personal use at home. And then the third thing I pick from, pun intended, I guess, when I'm playing on stage, uh, this is going to sound like a cop-out, but I bring a handful of many different picks from Dunlop, uh, Clayton, and I probably have a couple of picks from on one that we can talk about later on, but I bring at least seven or eight choices of different thicknesses and shapes. And it's kind of a reverse engineering idea, but not only will the different pick influence the tone you get, but if I'm playing at a gig and the room is very dark sounding and or my strings aren't very lively anymore, I can quickly grab a pick that adds some brightness. And even within the same gig, I might use that for the first set and the second set I might start the first song and think my, my tone's a little bit too bright and I'll go to a different pick. So I like having a handful, you know, at the ready right there if I want to change what I'm hearing on stage uh, from a bunch of different manufacturers. And I'll be honest, I'm afraid to take my Charmed Life picks to a lot of my gigs if I'm playing a deck party where if you drop your pick, it's going to go through the deck and you're, you're never going to find it. So if I can be sure I can find it after the gig's over, 
I might bring my good stuff. But that's sort of how I, I've been at, uh, addressing the issue. That's fascinating because I remember seeing you when I saw you with the Shawshank Churchills. You were playing uh, one of those rather large, uh, wide triangle picks. I think the one with the eagle on them. Um, what is that brand? Yeah, that's the Clayton Altem. That's the, okay. All right. Another quick shout out to our friend Bruce Atkins. He turned me on to them a few Martin Fests ago. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Well, it certainly worked. It was certainly working with you and Tim doing your <laughs> your really uh, very impressive, you know, dual lead stuff. Maybe it's time to talk about that particular brand. So what can you tell us about their picks and, and what you like about them? I find the Clayton's, regardless of the shape, they just seem to be brighter, everything else being equal. If I play a, a Clayton teardrop that's the same exact size and weight, as the equivalent Dunlop, the Clayton's going to add a lot of brightness or at least perceived brightness. And this is another topic. I don't want to go down one path and, and go into a tangent too quickly. So, you know, rein me back if I do. When I'm playing under ear and I want a little bit of brightness, I'll play the Clayton pick because it seems to have a brighter attack. Maybe not necessarily bright for bright's sake, but I hear the pick hitting the string and making a bright I don't know if slashing sounds the right word, but that sound you get when you hit the strings seems brighter to me on the immediate impact uh, with a Clayton pick. And I would consider, you look to Clayton picks if you want some bright tones. Is really what I'm trying to say in a, a long-winded way. Well, that's very interesting. I think what Maury just said is true, but it's relative to one's experience. Those Clayton picks, whether they're adding brightness or bringing out brightness, or they're simply brighter than the Jim Dunlap uh, nylon picks. So I've, I kind of see it the opposite, that the Jim Dunlap nylon picks, and the reason I like playing them, is they have a mellower sound or a rounder sound or a less, less uh, bright sound. But that's what I'm used to. So, But I also use uh, the regular plastic picks that you know have the Martin brand or the Fender brand and so forth. Um, and I also play the Jim Dunlap uh, gator grip picks, the one that's got the big alligator on it, and uh, typically in one millimeter, I play. I keep one of those around when I want what for me is a thick pick. And Mari plays uh, a 0.88 Jim Dunlap, and I play a 0.88 Jim Dunlap, but different kinds of picks. I play the gray nylon picks that have the brand name up where your thumb grips it, so it actually gives you a grip. And I started doing that at a young age, because I, you know, particularly in a performance situation under hot lights and stuff, that I would lose the picks. The picks would get too slippery, the regular traditional plastic picks. So I started using the, the Jim Dunlap gray picks because of the grippiness of the brand name, where it says Jim Dunlap, where Maury plays the Tortex uh, Jim Dunlaps, which also have an, kind of an anti slippery coating, anti-slip coating or surface to them. That's slightly rough. And and then the greater uh, gator grip picks kind of give you both where they uh, the brand kind of helps a little bit with the big gator head, but keeps them from like slipping out of your hands, which is another reason uh, to choose a pick. It's not just about tone, but also about uh, comfort and feel and, and, uh, and all that. Good point. <laughs> Thank you. It's a little long-winded, but um, <laughs> uh, and to go back to the uh, 
go back to those blue chip picks for a minute, and some of you've already looked them up and are still suffering from the sticker shock. Um, I, the pick I was talking about is the TD, which is the traditional teardrop style pick, and uh, and it's a 35, and that means it's a 35th of an inch, so that means it's actually a 0.89. So it's 0.89 thickness, but they're very rigid picks. We're not at all like the basic plastic pick, and they're not like the Dunlap picks. They don't have the kind of flex uh, that you get, so they feel even though they're only a 0.89 compared to the 0.88 that I'm used to playing, they feel thicker and they behave thicker in a way. But they give you a really clear, clean, um, pure tone that I like. And sometimes I uh, will play those and sometimes I'll play the, the nylon strings because because a guitar sometimes is sounds a little too bright for what I'm when I'm recording or whatever and I want something to have a little less uh, I don't know um, it's the word I'm looking for I'm gonna find the word in a second Maybe bite bite yeah thank you so and so something I want something a little less bite and a little less uh, percussive sound to it and I think the nylons uh, are a nice uh, in between. It's funny, you mentioned Sticker Shock a few minutes ago when you land yourself at Blue Chip's website and the Sticker Shock that you're going to see. It depends how you approach this because if you would say to somebody, you know, you normally expect to spend X amount of money on a guitar and you figure most sets of strings are this much money, most guitar straps cost this much money, since most guitar picks don't cost any money at all, when you ask somebody, would you want to spend $20, $30, $40, you know, they normally want to rip your head off. If you go the other way and say, I have something I want to sell you that's going to greatly change your tone and between figuring out what size and shape, it'll be a significant improvement in tone. Would you spend 20, 30, 40 dollars? Most people who have spent three grand on the guitar would say yes, of course. So if you look at this as an opportunity, one more thing you can buy, and I don't mean to say that as a music store owner, I'm saying it as a player, admit it, when you get your guitar, you find the guitar you like, you find the strings that you get along with, and you've been playing it for a while. You might have upgraded the saddle at some point, maybe you got a set of bridge pins, but you've had the guitar for quite a long time, and you're not going to do those things two or three times. You settle on your strings and your bridge pins. Buying picks can certainly be enjoyable, even if you find you don't keep everything you buy, maybe you return a couple of odd choices that didn't work out. Experimenting with your tone, I, got, I really have to tell you, when I finally had somebody loan me or hand me a blue chip pick or a charmed life pick or even a slightly more expensive maybe the pick didn't cost 45 cents but it cost two dollars but the thickness and the shape of it and the material of it it's it's fun you know you might find something that really brings your guitar to life you know we went and talked about strings a few podcasts ago and we admitted that your guitar is going to sound a certain way when the strings are brand new then they're going to break in and it's going to sound good then they're going to start to get decay and, you're, and over time your guitar is going to need a string change. I'd go so far as to say you might find a new pick really makes a good important improvement during part of that string's lifespan but not all three. Have you ever thought of that spoon? Kind of. I don't know if I thought of it exactly that term uh, and those terms but because um, I think some of this particularly you and I have been through this ourselves uh, there's things that we just took for granted at first and then 
discovered along the way. And sometimes it's intuitive and sometimes it's not intuitive. Um, I know people playing very expensive guitars who still play very thin picks and that's what they, you know, and, and still uh, pound away with very, very super thin picks and that they're happy with that and they like, they like that experience. But when you get into tone, and which we keep going back and forth uh, in this podcast, I started playing the Gray Jim Dunlaps and, and in much thinner versions of them. Back in my rock band days, I played very thin ones, specifically because I could do the trills and I could do, uh, you know, uh, you know, the solo from Bohemian Rhapsody or whatever with, uh, and this, that thinner pick helped uh, make up for my self-taught technique or lack thereof. Um, and then once I got up into the thicker ones and now playing the 88s primarily, I've come to really like the tone too. And um, I think it's going to be time for to uh, reveal, because we've danced around a little bit of the trivia questions, reveal the answers of the trivia questions. Because nowadays, most of those picks that don't cost very much or cost little are made of plastic and uh, polymer. And the, uh, I'm trying to remember what the original plastic was that was used to make the picks. But I'll tell you right now, anybody who's listened to this podcast regularly or even knows anything about uh, guitar history will tell you that plastics came out in the early 20th century, early mid, uh, you know, early decades of the 20th century. And the very first guitar picks were made, I think, of cellulose. cellulose. And the year, if I'm, I'm pretty sure the year was 1922. 1922 was where a, an Italian person, his name, uh, it's one of those D, capital D, posture capital A, DeAndre, DeAndrea, something like that. Oh, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> No, that's his last name. His first name was Tony or Anthony. <laughs> but um, but anyway, he because I you know there's all those guitar makers, the D'Angelico, D'Aguisto, those guys got. He had one of those kind of Italian names, okay. and um, he's the guy that uh, if he didn't actually invent it, he was the guy that uh, first put them on the you know the radar of the guitar playing market, and um, and the second trivia question. So what was the material uh, that was typically being used for guitar picks, plectrums, prior to the introduction of the polymer guitar picks? The answer most people are going to say is tortoiseshell. Um, it's not actually tortoiseshell most of the time. The plectrums, by the time they got into modern guitar building of the late 1800s and into the 1900s, they weren't actually using tortoiseshell. They were using the shells from sea turtles. And uh, anybody who is uh, aware of the differences between turtles and tortoises know they're not the same thing. And uh, the hawkbill sea turtle primarily. Uh, was hunted for its beautiful shells and its meat and actually got added to the endangered species list in 1973, circa 1973. But, you know, people like Martin had stopped using tortoiseshell long before that for bindings and pick guards and people who were making 
picks, uh, you could continue to buy tortoiseshell picks w w well up into the 1960s and so forth. But most people used uh, plastic that looked like tortoiseshell picks. And, and the revolution that has come upon us now with modern chemistry, stuff like the people that make blue chip picks, and I, I'm assuming Charmed Life is very similar. The whole idea was to recreate the molecular structure of tortoiseshell, or actually hawkbill turtle shell. And um, that's why they cost so much. And they are uh, not just as close in feel and tone, but literally molecularly, they are um, as, as close to uh, the actual organic tortoiseshell uh, as possible. And so they behave the same way, and that means they can chip, and that means you have to sometimes, you can use very fine sandpaper to, you know, keep uh, the edges the way you like them, and they, uh, but they can also slip out of your hands. And so nowadays, there's a lot of those, you know, easy grip picks, and that actually goes back into the late 1800s, where somebody, I don't remember who it is now, started applying pieces of rubber, probably India rubber, to... Uh, to the edge of the pick, mandolin, we're talking really mandolin picks because this was before steel string guitars were popular. But, um, and then a fella in the well, 1902 maybe started selling mandolin picks with cork uh, that had been glued to the end of it that gave a grip. And huh. that both rubber tips, uh, tipped, not tipped, but at the back where you hold rubber gripped and cork uh, gripped uh, uh, plectrums were quite popular. Uh, in the early 20th century. But, and when I mentioned edges, let me ask you this, Amari, if you're playing a teardrop shaped pick, um, you're playing a pick that, ha that has a particular side that's supposed to be what's striking the strings, do you ever turn it on edge and play the edge of the pick, the, the one of the other two, you know, the rounder grip edges? Not on purpose. <laughs> not, well, I'll, I'll answer seriously, not those specific picks. Like when you say that, I'm picturing a Dunlop Tortex where it's literally one corner, but if I could take your answer and, and just skew it a little bit, uh, one of the brands we sell is called On One, and those I will because they're actually designed that each corner, not only is each corner a slightly different attack and tone, but if you take the pick and then flip it so that maybe the first time I was playing it, the logo was facing the floor, you get three different sounds at each corner. If you flip it so the logo is facing the ceiling, you still get three more so when the when the pick is designed for that i'll say yes but no i've i've never really uh i've never really been good at technique wise to do that with a regular pick that just has the other two round corners uh or round shoulders i i couldn't i really don't have the technique to make that work well i i was actually trying to sneak the that very uh segue in through the back door and maury just kicked open both front doors and brought it right in <laughs> so yeah that's you know there are there are players that too and sometimes i will too and i am experimenting uh with recording or whatever i'll just turn the pick or sometimes i'm in a gig and i realize this particular pick is a little little too uh flexible for for what i wanted and i'll turn turn it and play off the corner for solos sometimes and um oh but a lot of people have done that over the years and and I'm trying to remember who it is. One a very famous player used nickels, like literally the core, the coin would have, he, they, he would have them shaped into picks and he would use a thick,
metal pick. Wow. And uh, but he also was was famous for sometimes turning it and using one of the edges of, of the pick. But boy, I can't remember who it is right now. Um, I'm sure somebody listening to this probably knows who I'm talking about. But um, but yes, then people wised up and started offering picks with different sides for to give you those many choices. And some people like to use different sides of an all-in-one pick for certain sounds, while other people just decide, oh, well, this is the one I like. But they also make that pick. I think you even sell them on your website. <clears throat> all-in-one also makes the pick that has that has one edge to it that most people, if you look at the pick, you're thinking of the very back of the pick where your thumb would normally go. But it's got a series of little bumps. You know, they're not, um, they, they almost look like stegosaurus, you know, fins, the little dinosaur fins that you can use to bite with it to get that, that kind of, uh, with, particularly with an electric guitar with some, you hear some people do blues players that, that will turn the pick, a regular pick, and be able to get this real uh, snappy bite to it. And and those all-in-ones actually give you this extra. You really, I'm sorry, I'm not explaining it very well, but if you see them on, online and see them on the uh, Mari's Music website, you'll see what I'm talking about, where you can use those, those little bumpy ridges on that one side to get some really interesting sounds. So uh, for people who love to experiment with tone, that's uh, so the uh, all-in-ones are really uh, cool choice, and and unlike other guitar picks out there that give you multiple surfaces, I don't think there's one that gives you more options, um, whether you're going to actually use all of them or not, than than that particular kind of pick. Um, I noticed Charms Life also makes a picks that give you uh, different bevels. We haven't really spoke of uh, spoken about bevels yet. Blue chip and other. Uh, manufacturers offer beveled picks so that you have a you have to really look really close but the surface along the edge has a bevel in it so it's a little thinner on one edge than it is on the other and like Mari was mentioning with the all-in-ones you can flip it and it gives you multiple kinds of sounds and some people really swear by beveled picks either because they feel it uh, increases their speed and agility or or for tone but I noticed that um, Charmed Life also offers beveled picks, and there are uh, certainly other uh, brands out there that offer them as well. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's many people out there that are already clamoring to tell us their favorite boutique manufacturer pick, and, uh, and I'm sure a lot of those have bevels as well. Well, there is one more brand that does a pick that has several different bevels, but it's not a brand you'd really recognize. It's, they're not really that popular yet, and I'm not sure, you know, you don't buy a lot of guitar picks, so I couldn't assume you would know what they were. It's called Martin. <laughs> the Martin Lux pick from last year, and I, I, I just had to get that one in there. You, <laughs> you, you really had to have that one. I was like, oh, well, wow, what's this mystery company? <laughs> <laughs> They're out of Nazareth, Pennsylvania. They started in New York. Well, really Germany, but I'll tell you about them some of the time. But they, uh, the Contour Pick, it uh, that came out maybe was it almost two years ago now, and that's one of those again. It's a thick pick, so it took me some getting used to because nobody offers this stuff in a point six or something. But again, you can actually spin the pick around in three different bevels uh, on each corner. It's a big fat triangle. That one I'm not completely comfortable using as much as the Charmed Life, but if going in order of importance, 
if I could play my Charmed Life anywhere without being afraid I would lose it, that's my favorite pick. And the Lux Contour pick from Martin definitely has the opportunity uh, to win me over over time. I just haven't spent enough time with it, but it's really nice sounding in one specific corner especially. I can't remember which one it is, but when I'm playing that pick, there is one corner that I do like the sound of much more than the other two. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that's also a personal preference thing. They uh, they have a very distinct um, effect on tone. The material they use uh, to make the uh, Lux picks is a uh, a particular polymer. They they're it's kind of a secret recipe uh, um, with eleven herbs and spices, and it uh, <laughs> unlike the blue chip picks, it's resistant to wear. It's not going to wear down and um, and it has a kind of a nice luster to it as well in terms of what it looks like. And for those of us who like to play the traditional teardrops, it does seem like a big triangle. There are definitely bigger tri triangle picks out there, but it's not like the, it's not an actual triangle. It's just a bigger, wider uh, sort of teardrop to it. And and because um, there's that pick that's really it's like literally a triangle, a big wide triangle that a lot electric guitar, like I see a lot of heavy metal players using, but it's not like that. So people can look it up, but yes, you get different bevels. So really you have three different corners, but not just the corners, the bevels extend up like halfway uh, across the side. So you can turn it. So you're not just playing off the corner. You can turn it a little bit off the side and, and again, shape your, your sound. And, and I do think bevels, uh, do help for people who are, are very intricate pickers and, and do a have a lot of uh, um, nuance in their picking. And I think uh, bevels help that, you know, minute uh, articulation kind of picking. But they also sound really good when you, you know, you strum it. It's a lot, it's very clear and clean sounding, I think. So, um, it's different than, than I would say the artificial, you know, reproduced tortoise uh, picks, but um, so I think people uh, can could really love this pick if they give it a try. And I agree. I think uh, I think you're going to, in general, focus in on the corner that you like the best. I have one. I play it. I like to play it. I think it's fun to play with. It's a little, you know, officially they're one millimeter, but again, like the blue chips, it feels uh, it's more rigid than a one millimeter gator grip pick, for example, that I play. And so, um, but I can't make up my mind. It's kind of like going back between Rose and Mahogany. I will say, I like this corner better, but then I'll change my mind and I'll zero in on the, another corner. And I like that corner better. And, you know, once my ears uh, get used to it and, and uh, settle in with it. So I, I would say I have two corners on mine that I like. But um, but we both play typically smaller picks in terms of how it feels in the hand. So it's never really become my my go to pick. And I don't want to fill this podcast with hot takes, but I do want to say something before I forget in talking about the way that you can actually inject different tones into your guitar with a guitar pick. I think it's worth mentioning how these feel different too. And we, we both grew up on playing thin picks and that could almost be the equalizer where if you don't have technique yet, the thin pick, whether you know what's doing it or not, is kind of being forgiving. I would almost go on record to say that the thicker the pick is, the more technique you have, 
And if you're one of those listeners out there that plays a very thick pick and you have control of it, consider yourself talented and lucky because I know when I first started out, if I was handed a thick pick, for me to hold on to it and feel like I'm not going to drop it, it's way too tight to play with. And for me to hold it so loosely that I could successfully strum, I dropped it every time. So there is something to be said about the thicker you go, the more technique you need. And maybe some of you guys listening didn't know how technically proficient you are. <laughs> you are. That's probably true. But like you said, muscle memory helps. The Martin Contour uh, Lux pick uh, has a logo, big Martin logo on it, that's designed to work as a grip. So um, I find it easier to hold on to than some other thicker picks. The other thing, too, is that thicker picks will often give you better tone, at least fuller tone, greater volume. Uh, if you like big, robust, powerful uh, chords, thicker picks will definitely give you that. If you like fat notes when you're playing solos, thicker picks are going to give you that. And I play, when I go into thicker picks, it's really all about the tone. And it's almost like, it's almost like the tonal difference between a medium gauge set of strings and a light gauge set of strings. I think a lot of guitars sound better, particularly big body guitars with mediums, but I still use uh, lights because of, of comfort and playability. Same thing with picks. I think picks at one millimeter and above give the most robust tone, get the most out of an acoustic guitar, but I tend to play less than one millimeter uh, picks for, for comfort and playability. Well, now you're not saying it, but I'm going to put words in your mouth and, and spit them back out if I'm wrong to do it. You're saying better and robust and bigger and fatter. Are you not just saying bassier? Patui. <laughs> the things you didn't think you'd hear on a Saturday when you're recording a podcast. Jeez. You told me to spit your words out if I was wrong. I would not just say bassier, not just bassier. I think you get every you, same thing with the treble. I think you get fatter notes. You're playing whether you're playing a, a 0.12 E string or a 0.13 and its corresponding B string. You get bigger, fatter sounding notes playing. Not I'm not saying not always. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. It depends on the pick itself. But I have found that thicker picks will give a fatter sound coming out of even the treble strings. We are talking mainly from our personal experience. There's probably plenty of listeners out there that never dip down below one millimeter and probably play thicker picks that go way beyond one millimeter thickness. And again, I think from my experience, they're primarily, that's where you get into the big dreadnought uh, flat picker guys, tend to like uh, heavier, thicker picks. And we've been primarily talking about, uh, we've been talking about polymers and plastic. We're talking about plastic and uh, nylon and uh, the uh, resurrected in the laboratory uh, tortoiseshell, you know, materials. And we barely talked about wood. And there's some really, really uh, nice picks out there made of wood. And I think, uh, I don't know if you still sell them. Do you sell wooden picks? Yes, we certainly do. If you go to mariesmusic.com and navigate to Tone Picks, some of the picks you'll find there from John Pierce are made from ebony and rosewood. 
We also have a buffalo horn. We have coconut shell. We also have a buffalo horn, a bone pick. So if you, uh, you got your bone saddle and your bone bridge pins, but you're not done, get your bone pick. And this goes back to the joke I made a little bit earlier. We've been in business here since 2003. I've played a thin pick almost all my life. These picks that I'm gonna talk about now from John Pierce, uh, whether you get the bone or the buffalo horn or even a wooden pick, they're so thick, I haven't ever given them a real fair shake to see if I like them because they're just too thick for me to get used to. Uh, making the recent jump from 0.50 to 0.88 and almost one. When you put a John Pierce rosewood pick in your hand, for example, it feels like you glued two thick picks together to me. And I don't know if you've ever experienced these, but they're really, really <laughs> fat. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I had completely forgotten that John Pierce also has their own um, faux tortoiseshell pick. And I don't just mean in looks. This is a, they have their own proprietary material. I don't think they invented the material, but it's actually made uh, from milk and some sort of phosphoric acid that creates this material that they say sounds and feels like real tortoiseshell, which we all know now is actually real hawkbill turtle shell, uh, sea turtle shell. But um, the other cool thing about the John Pierce picks is that they're thick, but they're made with an indent where your thumb goes. So they're thicker where you pick than where you, it's like a thumb shaped, you know, thumb print shaped, I guess, dimple that you can hold on to. And I think bone pick is a really good idea if you're a player who likes thick, rigid picks because bone is not gonna be, you know, flexible at all. But since we use bone for saddles, and uh, prefer that, and we use bone for nuts, and prefer that, and we use bone for pins, and those are extremely popular. I don't know uh, if everybody has heard uh, the uh, Mari's Music podcast about bridge pins, but but um, uh, he was saying that bone pins are, are super popular, and so I would think trying a bone pick, if you are somebody who likes uh, thick picks, um, would be uh, worth a go. You could use it as a weapon, too. That's how thick it is. <laughs> and buffalo horn, too. Buffalo horn uh, gives you uh, clearly uh, a brighter tone. It's really good uh, when it comes to the bridge pins for thick, really thick, rich rosewood, you know, deep, dark kind of woofy rosewood guitars. Um, it'll help add some brightness and definition. Maybe the buffalo horn pick will do the same. I've never played one. So... Uh, so maybe the next time at Mari's Music, I'll do some pick videos. That would be fun. Yeah, and I feel bad because I really can't chime in here with anything credible or from an experience point of view. These are just so thick, I haven't gotten used to them. So maybe the best thing to do is, you know, tell your friends or your family uh, when your birthday's coming around, uh, if they go to the Tone Picks part of marismusic.com, maybe there's one thing there, you know, for 7 bucks or 20 bucks or anywhere in between. It's a fun experiment. And I remember a couple of our customers, maybe a few weeks ago, they must have been shopping with each other because they bought the coconut shell and the ebony and the rosewood and the buffalo horn, or at least two or three of those, like they, they were making themselves a sampler. And uh, with the 30-day return window, I'm secretly kind of watching the website uh, inbox to see if any of those are going to come back. It makes me think they're not sure which one they're going to like the best, so they just trial three of them. And maybe that's what you do. You buy a couple and the one you don't really 
gravitate to, you know, give it to someone else and, and pay it forward. But I, th I think they're really fun to experiment with within reason, but you do have to keep in mind, if you're not used to a thick pick, these are not going to feel comfortable. Yes, that's definitely a caveat for people who are experimenting with picks. But I'm a big believer in, tr in not giving up on thicker picks uh, right away because you have that you play them differently and they do require like the tendons in your elbow, you know, the, the tendon anchors in your elbow and, you know, and your, the way your wrist moves and all that are going to experience a thicker pick very differently than than if you're playing uh, the, you know, going from a super thin pick or even a medium pick. So it's uh, takes some getting used to. Um, I don't use them for everything, but I do enjoy them. I like having them around. Um, one thing we haven't talked about is thumb picks. Those are primarily used for finger pickers and with or without uh, finger picks. And thumb picks are something I've never found a thumb pick that works well for me, but I may gravitate toward them. I've spent many, many years, um, uh, gosh, I'm wondering, we're really talking over 20 years. I don't remember now, but Howie Emerson, Howard Emerson, if you haven't heard his music, you really got to look him up. He's, he really is a, a, a super fine, creative uh, fingerstyle player, uh, traditional and bluesy for the most part, but, but also plays in a lot of alternate tunings and does uh, cross tunings where you, that means you are in, let's say, an open G tuning, but you're not playing in G, you're playing in some other key. He turned me on to artificial nail tips. And so many, many years, for many years, I wore silk wrap tips and then went to uh, uh, more affordable um, fake nails, you know, just like you see the the ladies get in the, in the nail salons, but they're not actually healthy for you. And, and my real nails just kept getting uh, thinner and thinner and thinner. So I've given them up. So I am now looking to maybe adopt thumb picks. I've tried a bunch of different ones. It does require it's a different technique in terms of how you hold the wrist in relation to the strings and stuff. But I see that on Lon Morris, finally got to Morris Music website right now, and they have the traditional national thumb picks, and they have Zuki's brand thumb picks, which I've never seen. So I may have to try one of those. But um, Nice thing about thumb picks is you can use them as a flat pick. And uh, of course, they're thicker uh, than the kind of picks we're typically used to. So you really need to, uh, you know, use them for a long time, I think, before you can really uh, get used to playing them like a flat pick. But have you ever used thumb picks, Maury? I've tried a couple of times and I, you know, no, not really. I mean, I'll, there could be a long answer here, but I, I didn't get along with them. I've never really used finger picks. I've tried them, you know, um, and I know, uh, you know, some people take them and leave them. Some people swear by them. They certainly became popular before acoustic guitar amplification uh, was really mastered. And it allowed people to play at uh, very loud volumes, particularly metal finger picks. And, uh, and I know people swear by them. I know there's lots of uh, finger picks now that are not made of metal that some of them allow your fingertips to still stick out and and some of them you wear on the top of the fingers and and unfortunately Mari and I are not in any way experts about that so I've been thinking about experimenting with that because once I lost my artificial nails my volume went way down and uh, I don't have the same kind of volume 
I'm going to work on my uh, calluses, work them up. I know, you know, Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Juber plays entirely with callus and Leo Kotke, though really there's a, you still need some nail behind the fingertip to like give you some support to the fingertip. But so I'm, you know, I'm going to start experimenting with thumb picks and maybe some future podcast I will have been won over and converted. So we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> well, don't tease too much. We're going to save that for an, a future episode for sure. And I do want to thank you for being here. This has been a really interesting topic. I do want to take this opportunity to say, please let us know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube, what kind of pick do you play? And have we convinced you to be open-minded and go forth and experiment on maybe what your next pick might be. I do hope you've enjoyed the program and we appreciate all your input. Please let us know anything you want us to see in the comments below. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. Music.com.